So we want to continue our series. You know, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments, and our series is Back to the Basics. And um, today, we're going to look at the Fifth Commandment together. And uh, this commandment's about honoring our parents. Now, originally, my parents weren't supposed to be here today, so that would be a little bit easier to talk about. Um, but they are here, so we'll continue anyway. You know, as we explore this command to honor our parents, uh, we're going to try to answer three questions. So the first question we're going to try to answer is, what does it mean to honor our parents? Then we're going to see, are there any limits to parental honor? And then, why does God think it's so important to honor our parents? So the first thing that we're going to jump right into is, what does it mean to honor our parents? You know, when we think of honor, there's a couple different words that kind of go along with that. And one of them is respect. And you know, these days, we use the word respect kind of selfishly. Uh, we normally don't mean respect towards others. We mean others' respect towards us. Um, so the direction that respect has taken has been reversed away from others and towards ourselves. And this overall decline in respect has led to a culture that thrives on put-downs and sarcasm towards other people. And this culture uh, is where families bear a striking resemblance to The Simpsons and to Family Guy and pick a show, whatever you want. And perhaps the most significant decline in respect has been within the families. You know, you might remember uh, the Ten Commandments, if you look at them, they're broken up into two sections. And the first three commandments show us a real, tangible way that we are to love God. And we are to respect God. And then the last six commandments show us how to deal with love for others. Real, tangible ways that we, as followers of Jesus, can love and respect others. And the fifth commandment, that shows us how we can love, honor, and respect others through the parental relationship, the child and parent relationship. So let's look at the commandment together in Deuteronomy 5.15. It says, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray real quick. God, I thank you for today, and I pray that uh, the words that I speak will be yours alone, Lord, and I pray that uh, ears would hear, including mine, the lessons that we're going to learn today, and that we would just be able to accept what you have to say and your guidance, because you are our Father. And God, I pray that you would take over the rest of this service, and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So we look in, in Deuteronomy, and in the context of this commandment, uh, like the other nine commandments, we see that it's really addressed towards the adults. So, uh, obviously, it applies to children of all ages. Uh, so the kids that are left in here, um, you still got to listen. Sorry. But the context suggests that it's a adult, uh, adult children of parents uh, that are in view here. Now, let's switch our context from what the scripture looks like to the context of the nation of Israel. You know, the way God's special covenant relationship with Israel was passed down was through the family. So mothers and fathers teaching about God and the love and honor of God through that. So if the parents failed in that task, then the children wouldn't honor Israel's special covenant relationship with God. And life in the promised land would fall apart. You know, the Hebrew word for honor, it translates to a bunch of different things. And ironically, when I was looking it up, Hebrew and Greek and stuff like that, there could be one word 
and it could be an action or a noun, and it can mean like 17 million different things. But the Hebrew word honor, how they're using it in this context means to make heavy or weighty. So the, the word picture here is we're weighing down somebody with esteem or respect. And the opposite of honor is to take someone lightly or withholding respect from them. But notice this command applies equally to both dad and the mom as well. We always, not always, but sometimes think that however your, your past was, your mind setup is, that the man gets more respect than the woman or the woman gets more respect than the man. But that's not the case because in the scripture, it says honor your mother and father or father and mother. But then we look in Leviticus and in Leviticus 9.13, it's actually reversed and then the mom is named first. So we see that there is no priority here. So honor and respect the same across the board. But you know, I do also have to say that a parent isn't necessarily the person who gave you your DNA. Because we, some people have step parents or foster parents or something of that nature, you're adopted. The person who fathers you as a child is your father. The person who mothers you as a child is your mother. It doesn't have to be the person who gives you your DNA. And your identity is not mixed up in that anyway, because as I've spoken before, your identity is set from the true Father, our Heavenly Father. But you know, this command to honor the people who parent us is coupled with a promise. This is the first commandment that has a promise. So the principle... Um, of this promise is that we're going to live a long and good life if we obey our parents. And this principle, when each generation honors their parents, you know, this creates and it also maintains a social climate that enhances the possibility of a good life and a good life for other people, a long life as well. So the original context of the fifth commandment seems to be addressed to adults and their relationship with their aging parents. But the New Testament quotes the same thing and applies it a bit differently. So let's look at Ephesians 6 real quick, where they apply it with a slight twist. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So here, children are specifically addressed as well. So we have a new context for the fifth commandment. So we've got three contexts now, and although in Deuteronomy the fifth commandment was addressed to adults, but it's applied equally to children, here it's specifically addressed to children. Here, children are told to obey their parents. And this word obey, this carries both action and attitude with it. On one hand, we have uh, where this word focuses on the action of obedience, so when you're told to do something, you act on that and you do it. But it, this also emphasizes the attitude at which we do it. You know, there's plenty of times that I can remember growing up where I was told to do something, and sometimes I did it, and sometimes I did it with an attitude. And she's staring me down right now, and it's uncomfortable. But there's also times where I did things I wasn't, I was told not to do, and I did that with an attitude as well. So it's all about action and attitude. So 
This word emphasizes the attitude a child obeys with that they're listening attentively to their parents for their instruction. So to obey here just isn't doing what they say, but listening to what they're saying and listening intently for the instructions as well. Now, when we tell a child to do something, all the parents in the room, what do they normally say? Why? Yeah. Well, you know what? Paul, when he's writing this, Paul anticipates this why. And, um, but rather than saying, you know, because I'm an apostle and I say so. Now, he doesn't say that. He goes on to give reasons why we should obey our parents. And, you know, the first reason goes right from the text. It says, in the Lord. To obey, obedience to parents isn't just because the parents are bigger than us or they're older than us, uh, but because obedience to parents is part of child's devotion to Jesus Christ. This is obedience to the parents because of Jesus. We want to please Jesus, and his command is to obey parents. So when we obey, we please Jesus. A second reason is simply because it's the right thing to do. You know, this is one thing that when you look at the ancient world, everybody agreed on this. Whether you were Jews or Greeks or Romans or Christians, everybody agreed there was a social consensus of that day that it was fitting and proper for children to obey their parents. A third reason is because such obedience, if you haven't noticed, it's biblical. It's in the scripture to do so. And here's where Paul quotes the fifth commandment. And then finally, Paul says that it's to a child's best interest to obey their parents. And there's a promise connected with that. Like I said before, that obeying them will give you a long and good life. So we see here from both instances of this commandment that it applies to adults and to children. So that kind of gives the question, what does it mean to honor our parents? What does that mean? So to honor, when we honor our parents, we do that by respecting the role that God has given them in our lives. Every time we see our belly button in the mirror, we should remember that we didn't just come out of nowhere. Somebody had to give us life. We were connected to a life source. Somebody had to change our diapers. Speaking of which, see me after service. Um, feed us, carry us around, and make sure we got our naps. Now, but the, the roles in our parents' life, they are always changing, aren't they? Obviously, my mom's not going to change my diaper after service. I don't wear diapers, as far as I know. But this role is changing, and how we honor our parents has to change as well. You know, as children, we honor our parents by obeying their instructions. And the primary role of a parent here is to be a teacher. They instruct their kids on how to succeed in life. It's not to make their kids happy. Sure, we can be friends, but there has to be that boundary as well. We're supposed to equip our children for a successful and meaningful life. This equipping has spiritual, social, economic, and educational dimensions with it. So because of this, like I said, a parent is a teacher providing instruction about how to live a good life, how to succeed in school, how to be a friend, how to follow through on responsibilities. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of parents that don't do this either. So there's actually some professionals that have said parents lacking any sense of authority in their own lives, raise their children to make up their own minds 
which means our children are robbed of minds worth making up. We have to set an example and we have to teach that as well. You know, no one's more important in a child's life in this as the area of mom and dad. And a child's temptation in this is to, you know, rebel against that instruction. And we do the same thing with God. So for a child, which goes from birth to 18, the way we honor the role God has given our parents is by obeying their instructions. That's as a child. Let's, let's, let's grow up a little bit. As young adults, we honor our parents by appreciating their contributions. I failed in this miserably when I was growing up. I'm still growing up. I'm 30 years old, but I'm still a kid. <laughs> you know, when we hit the later teen years, our temptation here isn't so much to rebel, but it's to dismiss our parents. We start to think that they don't know anything and that they're naive and they're out of touch with reality. And even Mark Twain said that when he was a teenager, he was amazed at how unintelligent his dad was. And then by the time he turned 21, he was amazed at how much his dad learned in a short amount of time. <laughs> and then as we launch into adulthood, we honor our parents by carefully weighing their advice. You know, we, we need to still listen to their ideas because they have a voice and they're influential in our life, even if we end up deciding otherwise. And that's fine. And some of the key areas here, um, if you're looking for a college, if you're looking for a spouse or choosing a career direction, their advice is weighty and we need to go with that. And every time we're tempted to dismiss their advice and dismiss their words, just take a look at your belly button. You're still connected even though you're not physically. You know, finally, when we get to be mature adults, we honor our parents by caring for their needs. Now, there's a biblical principle here as well in 2 Corinthians that children shouldn't have to save up money to care for the financial needs of the parent. You know, that principle simply says that wise parents should be good stewards, that um, they can save financially not to burden their children when they get older. That's a biblical principle. But that principle is balanced by this one as well. That part of our honor for our parents is caring for the needs as they age. Our temptation in this phase is to kind of neglect our parents. You know, you, you call less often, or you don't call at all, or you don't think about what they need and you think about them generally less and less. But you know, caring for our parents will have some financial implications as well. It doesn't necessarily mean bringing them into your home if they can't live by themselves or, or whatnot, although it can mean that. Uh, but it certainly means making sure their needs are taken care of. It also means keeping in touch. It also means keeping your parents connected with your family. And how a person does this will depend largely on the circumstances, but the principle remains to care for our parents' needs. So the second question we want to try to answer today is, are there limits to parental honor? Now, I'd imagine at this point, there's a lot of information that's going on, and you're probably thinking, John, you just don't know my situation. You don't know my parents. I was lucky to get out when I did. And when I was 18, I thought the same thing. I moved to Florida when I was 18, and I thought I was lucky to get out. And boy, was I wrong. But this brings up the question as to whether there's going to be limits to parental honor. And the command is 
you know, it's kind of absolute. Or are there other principles and commands in the Bible that, you know, temper that? Let's look. So I think there are at least two limits to parental honor. So take notes. Two limits in the Bible, and I want to share these with you. The first limit comes from Genesis 2.24, and that says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they'll become one flesh. So let's talk about marriage for a second. When you get married, you move out of your house, you find an apartment, you find a house, and you start your own family, right? Guys included. We all move out, right? That's the hope for most parents anyway. Yes. Not in the Bible, though. Back in ancient times, the woman moved out, that's for sure, into the in-law's house with the husband and any kids they might up uh, having eventually. So they all lived, if not under one roof, on the same property with the mother and father. You know, very rarely did the man actually move out back then, but something else is being referred to here, and our clue comes from the word leave. This Hebrew word is, is very, very strong, and it's translated forsake or leave behind. It's used more than 100 times in the Bible for breaking a special covenant relationship, thereby ending that covenant relationship. So instead of describing a man moving out of his house, this leaving describes an ending the covenant relationship that he had with his mom and dad. So like we said before, still influential, Words still have weight. Advice still matters. But you're still your own person. You're not under their rule anymore. And then this word, be united, means to stick, to cling, or to cleave. This word is often used to describe establishing and maintaining a special covenant relationship with someone else. It describes a state of loyalty, affection, and intimacy this cleaving together results in the man and woman becoming one flesh. So this section is teaching that when a person gets married, he's ending a covenant relationship and establishing a new covenant relationship. It would be kind of like changing citizenship. You know, Pastor was born in England. And when he was young, he moved to the States. Now he's a U.S. citizen. Can never be president, but he's a U.S. citizen. He still has ties to England because you still have family there. But his loyalty is to his new country where he's registered as a citizen. So, <coughs> excuse me, the loyalty is pledged from one area to a new area. That's all there is. The other limitation to parental authority is found when Peter and John tell the religious leaders of their day in Acts 4, they say, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight for us to obey you rather than God. This section is telling us something that's pretty weighty here. It's telling us at times legitimate authority in our life can tell us to do stuff that goes against God's word and that it would be displeasing to God to obey that. There's times when parents could come in conflict with God's will and for the follower of Jesus Christ. Obedience to God's will must take priority. This occurs in rare cases. You know, sometimes parents are just messed up. Not parents in general. People are just messed up sometimes. And they can tell people to do things that just are strictly forbidden 
in the Bible. It's hard for us to imagine, but people even tell their kids to do evil things. And in that instance, they are under no obligation to obey that command. So from these two verses we looked at, we find there are some limits to parental honor. We must only honor our parents in ways that also honor God. In the Christian's life, there's a ladder of priorities. And there is a ladder because you put things in priorities. If you have, you know, work, family, God, that's good. God is always first in your life. But I kind of, I had an idea that I had seen somewhere else that I had talked to Pastor about before to, to start a sermon series for the year once. And I wanted to say, call this sermon series, Don't Put God First. Now that would raise some controversy, wouldn't it? But let's think about this. God is the most important thing of everything we do. So instead of putting God first, let's put God in the center. So everything focuses on God. Your work focuses on God. Your family focuses on God. Your personal relationships focus on God. Your friendships focus on God. That's what we need to do. Make God the center of your life and he will be the center of everything you do. So in Matthew, let me, I'm not going to retract that. Let me say in Matthew, Jesus does talk about if you love something more than him, if you put something before him, if we put him center, we can't put anything before him because it's going to flow out from the center. But if you stick to a ladder system and you put something above God, He's, Jesus says in Matthew, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. So, you know, C.S. Lewis even said going off this, when things are put first, second things are not suppressed, but they're increased. For the follower of Jesus Christ, there is no higher love and loyalty than God. So this is why the first four commandments come first. The first four commandments show us how to love God. And the third question we want to try to answer today, if I've answered anything for you, is why, why is parental honor so important to God? Why does God care about this so much? You know, in our fragmented culture, parental honor seems kind of archaic, if you think about it. But according to the Bible, the parent-child relationship is the most basic foundation for society. For the parent-child relationship, we learn how to relate to people. And Martin Luther even said, out of the authority of parents, all other authority is derived and developed. So this is why both Jews and Christians down through the centuries have recognized that the fifth commandment is really a principle about our attitude towards authority in general. The Westminster Catechism put it this way, by father and mother in the fifth commandment, are meant not only natural parents, but all superiors, especially those over us in a place of authority, whether in family, church, or commonwealth. So the fifth commandment is using parental authority as a paradigm for how we honor all authority in our lives. You know, it uses parental authority because the parent-child relationship is so basic. 
So basic. In, in Romans 13, it tells us how we should respond to all authority in our lives. You know, it says, give everyone what you owe. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Followers of Jesus Christ don't, don't owe respect and honor to those in various authority relationships. Or they do owe respect. Forgive me. We owe respect to the authority above us, no matter where that authority is. These include our government leaders, our church leaders, our civil servants, employers, so forth. We do owe respect to them. <clears throat> so why is honoring parents so important? Because parental honor lays the foundation for our attitude in our lives, for the rest of the authority figures that we will have over us. And if we don't listen to the fifth commandment, then we're going to have no foundation for the rest of the authority relationships in our lives. From the fifth commandment, we learn how to relate to our boss, to our teachers, to our government officials, so forth. We often think an authority figure has to earn the right to be honored. And if we find an authority figure who is imperfect or makes mistakes, we think we're off the hook. But according to the Bible, that's not true. How many parents here have made mistakes? I have. Probably today. That doesn't let me off the hook or let Aubrey off the hook, if she could understand right now. You know, we're still bound to honor authority in our lives, even when that authority is imperfect. You see, imperfect authority is always preferable to anarchy, wouldn't you think? You know, although there are definite limits to how much honor we're to give authority figures in our lives, we're not off the hook if they're imperfect. If you're a parent, <clears throat> how do you get your kids to live by the fifth commandment? How many has found that quoting it works well? Yeah, I don't see any hands for that one. I suggest that the way our kids learn about honor is by watching how we honor others in our lives. You know, perhaps the primary way we teach our kids about honor is how we respond to our own parents. <clears throat> if we're constantly bad-mouthing our parents in front of our kids, that's going to model to them that's how they should treat us when they get older. You know... This makes me think of the, the perfect father-son relationship. You know, when Jesus, when he was in the garden, right before he was arrested, he was talking to his father. He was told, you must save the entire world. When I talk about weight, that's weight. And yet, we don't really think about this. Yeah, we know Jesus was tempted in the desert, but did you know Jesus was tempted right here as well? He was in the garden and he was crying and sweating drops of blood. And he said, if there's any other way, if there's any other way that I can prove myself, if there's any other way that I can save the world, if there's any other way that doesn't cause me harm, but not my will. This, is honoring at its most drastic, pure, and intense form. Jesus decided to obey his Father for you and for me. 
You know, we started the message by talking about respect. And in that moment, or any moment, if you look in Jesus' life, Jesus did not demand respect. But he respected you. He respected the Father. So what's the bottom line? The bottom line for the fifth commandment is this. One, we aren't Jesus. Never will be. And his example of honoring his father will probably not be your example. But God has established relationships of authority in our lives. And we express our devotion to God by honoring the people over us. I have failed God so many times because of the dishonor I've showed these two people. So many times. I can never get those times back, but I can go forward. I can look at the prize at the end of the race. But maybe you're like me and you think that sometimes it's too late. You know, that too much time has gone by, that you failed in this area too many times. Maybe your parents aren't here anymore. Maybe you've cut them out. Maybe they've cut you out. Maybe you have this guilt on your heart with how you've treated those in authority over you, especially your parents. But can I tell you, it's not too late. It's never too late to start living by God's plan for authority in our lives. Fullness of eternal promise Stirring in your sons and daughters